What's up, everybody? It's your man, Danelle, a.k.a. Small Guy Promotions, a.k.a. Omaha Fatty, coming to you with another podcast episode of What's Up, Omaha? And today I have my man, Eric Coffin with me, my dojo brother from 10th Planet Omaha. What up, Eric? What up? What's going on? Thank you for uh, inviting me on this. Yeah, man. It was cool. Like, I, I had said something before about, like, having people from the dojo on, man. Just, like, what I've been finding is that it's cool to uh, have just, you know, people, everyday people that I interact with uh, on the show, like friends whatever family members like that type of stuff is super cool. Uh, you know, I want to make sure I, I still highlight small business, small business owners and, and things like that. But it's also cool to just have on my regular people that I hang out with from time to time, man. And just converse, converse, communicate. I was almost about to say, uh, conversate, <laughs> communicate, uh, you know, and, and just talk, man. I, I know when we were younger, uh, my friends and I, we used to always talk about, this is back in the 90s, like how cool it would be to have a show where we just sat around talking about everyday stuff, man. So I was like, you know what, man? I need to start inviting more friends on. So that's why I started doing that, man. I love it, honestly, because like me, for example, like I, I'm the same way, like early 80s, early 90s is my era too. And I, I love just like talking about like all, and I'm, I'm a big pop culture guy, as you well know. You know, you see me all the time with all my Ninja Turtle stuff and those things like that. And I just enjoy that time. I enjoy the communication portion of it. I, I like like basically talking with people. I, I'm not much pre, you know, with the internet. I mean, I was in the internet style like that, but you know, with this new era going on with you know COVID-19 and those things like that, uh, it's it's good for me because I haven't seen you in a long time. So it's good for me to like to be able to just interact with you and talk, which is like you know, it's, yeah. it's a crazy new era, but I love it. Yeah, man, that, that's the thing too, man. Like, my kids don't go out much. I mean you know, they're not going, doing anything that they would normally do. They're stuck in the house. So we're trying to find different things when they were doing school. Uh, you know, they would have zoom meetings for school, uh, my youngest two days a week or, or whatever. And then like some of her friends uh, would do one on Fridays where it was just so they could have some time to interact with one another, you know, since they can't have that physical like presence uh, with one another. It's, it's crazy that that's where, where it's at right now. Hopefully it'll get back in the next few months. Uh, you know, hopefully we don't have to worry about that when school rolls back around. But we'll see what happens. I don't know. We have like a tradition like here with my, with what my mom used to do with me. And I know I'm going to age myself right now, but <laughs> we would, uh, Friday nights was a family night. So what we would do is we would go to Blockbuster. Go oh, Blockbuster. Yep. And my mom was all cool with the managers. So like she like got the hookups like all the time. So they would they would do is they would hook her up with all the new releases. So when you got there, you know how they always had the empty boxes and stuff. Yeah. They'd be all frustrated. They were hiding stuff from my mom. So when my mom came and they knew who I was, I had her card, I would scan it in and then get her movies and then she would get pizza. And so basically where I lived, I would basically just ride my bike to the blockbuster after school. Yeah. And then pick up the movies and then go back. And then basically my mom even to the like her little VHS ninja, she had the little rewinder and she would rewind them and then yeah. basically I'd see back the next day and then get a discount 
but then she used that money for her next releases for the next week. And we do that every Friday. So with my kids now, we all we do what's called Pizza Friday. So we'll get a pizza and we'll watch a movie. Like last night, they watched uh, that that Will Smith uh, uh, the, the, with the uh, pigeons. Some like us, like it was like a spy movie. It's it, it was really good. Oh yeah, yeah, I know what you're talking about. Yeah, where he gets turned into a pigeon. Yeah, and it was pretty funny, and uh, they loved it. And so that's what we do every Friday. It's kind of different for my mom, you know, because my mom put it on me, and I used to love going to the store. It's different for now, of course, but we'll pick a digital movie, and then we'll watch it, and then we just try to keep it as normalized here as possible for them. That's what we do probably for, like, the last, I don't know, man, probably at least six months, maybe eight, nine months. I don't know. We started doing a family movie night on Sundays. Uh that was like the no matter what Sunday night is the night that we all just chill and, and watch a movie. But shoot, man, we might have two or three movie nights a week now. Some weeks, just depending on the week, because like, what else are we doing, man? Like, so uh, it, it's cool. Um, you know, we we do try to enjoy things. Like, we I don't know if you saw, but uh, you know, Marcus Theaters has the drive-in uh, on the outside now. Like they just put a big old screen up on the outside of the building uh, out there on Twin Creek. And like we went on Tuesday uh, and they had a double feature. So we watched E.T. and Jurassic Park. It was cool. I mean, it, <laughs> I don't usually go out and, and be out that late. But, you know, we were like, we don't have anything else to do. I, the first movie started at nine. So we were there until like one or just after one. And I had to work Wednesday morning. So I was like, man. All right, I don't care. Let's do it. Let's do it. And it was cool, man. It was fun. The kids We're have never been to week because they have my favorite movie, which is Back to the Future. Yeah. And my wife's favorite movie is Jaws. Because we tried to go the same one you went to, but it sold out quick. And I told my wife, I was like, I'm telling you, it's going to sell out like immediately. And she's like, nah, we're fine. It should be cool. And then within like three hours, once the tickets got released, they were gone. They were like all gone. And they were like, sorry, no, no one can come. And I was like, oh, man. I was like, dang. Because Jurassic Park is like her one of her favorite all-time movies. I get a lot of heat because she likes the 90s popcorn movies. Yeah. So she like Independence Day and Jurassic Park and The Mummy. And she will – I'm not kidding you. She will just rewind those things over and over again and just play them. It's like her little peaceful place for movies. Like me, I'm the same way. I like, I like Aliens and, and uh, Big Trouble in Little China. Yeah. And Last Dragon and stuff. And so I do the same thing, but I get a lot of heat for those 90s popcorn movies like all the time. Like, oh, we watched The Mummy again. I literally bought like four different copies of The Mummy for her because she kept wearing them out. Like she would do her sewing and then she'd, do, she'd watch Mummy. So it was like always crazy with her with The Mummy. She, I was like, I was like, you just want to marry Brandon Fraser for sure. Like, you're just in love with him. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. Yeah, man. Definitely. Uh... Yeah, I, I think I only had seen Jurassic Park once before, maybe twice, but I don't know. But yeah, that's why we went on a Tuesday because, like, I had been working overtime and stuff, so, like, like a lot of overtime. And then uh, we didn't want to do Saturday night because the girls had, like, church in the morning and there was, there was something else going on. So we were like, do we do a day during the week? Like, how? All right, let's do it. Maybe there'll be like less people. It, it won't be so busy. So yeah, my wife took care of it, got in. And the way they had it set up was real cool, man. Like you actually drive, they, they had the parking lot coned off. You drive into the entrance and then you uh, talk to the first person and they ch- check, make sure you have the little uh, QR code on your phone. And then you go to the next guy and he gives you like a little sheet with instructions on it. Or no, the first guy gives you this sheet with instructions and uh 
it was cool. They still had concessions where you could go and uh, order it and then go up to the table and grab it. They had a line for restrooms, only five people at a time could go in the restrooms. So, but it was all, it was all cool, man. It was legit. It was, yeah, aside from it being rainy, <laughs> like we, yeah, we I tried to, for, I felt back as the Friday one they had, like it just like sharp point. I was like, man, the first opening night, they're going to have all this rain. <laughs> yeah, man. It, it, it was like off and on. When we got there, it wasn't really doing anything. Uh, but then when the movie started, it started sprinkling and then, you know, we had our blankets and stuff but it just started getting too wet so after after et we we got in the car man and it actually started raining a little harder for a little span but we we powered through man and 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 got to watch the whole movie and you know my aria fell asleep (laughs) Uh, so it was cool i think i took a little nap too because you know it was in the car man nice and comfortable but it was good man i would recommend doing it to, for anybody who was uh wanting to get out of the house and have some some kind of normalcy uh, that that's definitely a good thing to do so yeah my wife's pretty excited about jaws i said i'd probably be like all in on back to the future and i'll probably like fall asleep halfway through jaws <laughs> <laughs> i said it probably happened but i mean like it's it's i think it's cool i i wish they would kind of do in the future i know why they're i understand why they're not doing the new movies is because of licensing issues probably more likely but it's good that they're like they're showing these movies. I hope they do for especially for martial arts fans. I hope they do like a night where it's like like a Bruce Lee movie or like like you know some kind of Arnold action flicks, you know, like Predator and stuff like that. Because yeah, I would definitely yeah. go that for sure. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Uh, get some uh, Total Recall or some uh, Terminator. <laughs> Ooh, uh, was it a uh, Commando? Commando's great. Commando's yeah. like the best movie ever because all it is, they should just call it one-liners because the entire movie is it's all one-liners and I love every single one that he says. It's so amazing. If you if you actually watch it, just just write down like how many times he's made like a, like a one-liner. He's like, oh, he like killed the guy on the plane. He's like, oh, he's dead tired. Just let my friend sleep and stuff like that. Like just so yeah, ridiculous. Yeah, hat on his <laughs> a giant log on his thing and he had he had the Alyssa Milano was his daughter and stuff. I was like, yep. this is crazy. Yep. Yeah, I remember that movie. That's a good movie. Uh, he rips out the seat out of the car. <laughs> Sully from the Warriors was in there. The guy with the bottles, he's like one of the, he's the guy Sully, and he's like, you know, he's like, I'm going to kill you last. And he's like, I lied. And it throws him off a cliff. And it's just like a, it's not even him. It's just like, it looks like a floating dummy because they didn't even like have like the, you know, the budget from back in the day. So it just shows yeah. like a giant floating dummy falling down. It's so ridiculous. It's over the top. Yeah, it's funny when you go back and watch those old movies that were like so good, like when we were growing up, and you're like, oh man, <laughs> like oh, it's not exactly how I remember, but it's still good though. And Blockbuster, like I was saying before, like I watched so many B movies. My mom was like, man, I, I hate to like call her out on this, but I, I think she had a little thing for Van Damme and Steven Seagal for a while. Yeah. Because really, every time we would go to the Blockbuster, somehow one of those movies got put in our, our, uh, our bags and it was just so funny I'm like oh look another van damme movie and i would give her so much heat about it i'm like are you in love with him and she'd be like no i'm not in love with him every time well well let's use that as a segue man van damme he was in street fighter cracked out being in street fighter games you got games and everything in the background let's talk about the games man and how 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 you're interested in gaming and like you have like every known console that there is and whatnot. How did all that start? So I, and I hate to segue back to Blockbuster, but when I used to walk through Blockbuster, I was really poor when I was young, 
really, really poor. I grew up in DC. I've been literally in the projects. So like to, to get that, that Friday and like be able to do something like, like fun, like that, that always blew my mind. So walking through the doors, you see all the shelves and all the games would be all displayed real nice and everything like that. And I would sit there for hours just looking at games, like which one do I want to get? Because either you're going to get burned or you're going to get like, you're going to get a great game. And my mom was my big influence on gaming. So when we were kids, uh, she used to take me to Chuck E. Cheese a lot. And she gave me a handful of quarters and we play uh, what you saw in my, my room. I have a PlayChoice 10, which is a Nintendo system, but basically for the arcade. And they use it to like kind of like display like the games you could play at home. So I loved it so much. And uh, she would play Donkey Kong right next to me. Now, my mom's a G. I'm going to tell you how G she is. <laughs> I've, seen her, I've seen her beat two games that blew my mind. Donkey Kong, and I've seen her beat uh, Duck Hunt, like a G. And I'm talking about, like, pointing at the Duck Hunt gun at the screen, like, really close. I'm like, she's sitting there, just, like, sniping people. And I was like, man, I don't ever want to get a shot by my mom. And I was like, she's like, <laughs> sharp She froze the game. They like, go to level 99, and the game would freeze. And she would sit there all day with her Newport, and she would just tag ducks all day. That's funny. It's really last. So she was like my biggest influence into it. And so when I got in the military, uh, I started in 2001. And so I started buying all these old systems and people didn't want anything. So while I was in the military traveling, people would just hand me boxes of stuff. Like, I don't want this stuff. Right. And it just snowballed. And I started collecting. Well, it got crazy up to the era now because nostalgia is so big right now with everything from like comic books and and uh, video games and things like that. But back in the day, uh, you were alienated for even being a, a nerd. I used to yeah. hide my nerds yeah. from people. I played football and I would not have, I would not tell, I would not talk to them about video games at all. I would find any way like to look at sports and watch sports and stuff like that. And uh, the same thing with like with pro wrestling and like nerd movies and stuff. Like no one's allowed to talk about this stuff. Like pro wrestling, we're like, oh, it's fake and da 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 da. Oh, man, we used to love that growing up, man. Yeah, and like when everyone started getting into the nostalgia era, then it's like it's free to open talk about it now. So I'm like, I, I'm like, I'm so excited about it. And and so uh, my goal was to make a blockbuster down here in my basement. So my yeah. goal was to get as many systems and games, and I would go buy cheap. I would go to garage sales, and like I said, get boxes of things, and I would start stocking up on. This is before people got popular with it. But when the YouTube era came out, everyone started talking about nostalgia. And so everyone now knows about it. Resellers know about it. And all these people are, are wanting it real bad. If you look right now with the COVID stuff, people are at home buying old systems. They're buying old sports games like Madden and stuff because there's no sports. Yeah. And so they're doing these things all the time where it's, it's, it's a big deal now. And now it's harder to find things. Right now, a Nintendo Switch right now, no joke, you can't find them anywhere. It's because people want something to kind of deviate that stress off their minds. And so my goal is in the future is trying to uh, best uh, not only be a historian of them, but I love when people come downstairs and see their faces. It's the best right. feeling in the world for me because they get those old feelings back of like what they remembered as a kid. And so that's why I love doing it so much. And I've written in books and I've, I have communities that I, I deal with. I've been to like, you know, the comic cons and stuff and had discussions about games as well. I'm really big into it. Even in jujitsu, you might know a couple of people like Gio, for example. Gio loves video games. And we have, like, uh, I've, uh, he talks to me back and forth, you know, a couple of times. I haven't, like, officially played anything with him. 
Yeah. But uh, even uh, even BMAC, BMAC plays like Mario Kart and all those old games on the Switch. I actually played Street Fighter with him online, you know. <laughs> and he kicked my butt, by the way. That's but uh, I, I, I love it because uh, of the, the storylines of them. No one realizes that video games have amazing storylines. They're just like any other movie that you watch on TV. Uh, there was a lot of crazy stuff from back in the day. Like uh, when we played Ninja Gaiden when we were kids, that's the first game ever that had like a story in a game. And that blew my mind. I'm like, wow, story. Like, this is cool. I want to find out what happens in the story. I have to keep beating the levels. Which is why it's, it's like the hardest game ever. So I would like just commit to it, commit to it, commit to it. And I just loved it. And it just kind of snowballed as you see down here. And I, I even brought people on like Rico, for example. Uh, Rico, uh, they used to roll with us in jujitsu. Uh, he started which one? collecting. Which one? Dalman or? Yeah, Dalman. And uh, he's a big, big gamer. And he came out here and then he was like committed. Like, I'm finding games. And like, you know, he started doing it. So I like uh, passing my passion on to people that, that enjoy the, this kind of genre. How many consoles you got? I, I, so I have complete in box. So there's, there's, a, there's, a, there's a joke wall here called the Great Wall of Consoles that everyone jokes about. There's really a wall over here that's filled to the ceiling with complete in box. And that means it has everything in the box. It has all the pieces. It has all those things. I probably have over 40 or 50 different types of consoles here. Nice. Right now with the HDMI era, we used to live in the coax era where we just kind of screw in. That yep. is changing. And what's great about the nostalgia portion of this now, businesses are taking it seriously and making HDMI cords and things for these old systems so they don't die out. And so I, 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 I'm appreciative of them. So right now I've been like hoarding like all these things to kind of upgrade them because you, you got to upgrade your consoles with what the current technology is going to be because in the future they're going to be taking them away. Yeah. yeah. So, so speaking of that, do you use like a newer TV or do you use an old TV for the older games? So I have two. I have a old Sony TV. And you know, you remember these ones, they're right before HDMI and they're heavy as hell. Yeah, the one yeah. I have is like 300 pounds. Uh, those things are but the worst, the man. the problem is that people don't understand like light gun games, uh, like, you know, like Duck Hunt and like, you know, the shooters and all those things like that you used to play in the arcades. They don't work on flat screens. They're plastic. So they won't reflect back. They need mm. glass to reflect. So these old systems are made for those, those types of systems. So I have to have one of those. Yeah. Uh, TVs, as we call them. And then I have a Samsung that I modded. So it, it can actually play components. It can actually hook up coax. It was right before the era of just the HDMI. And, it, and, and so to, to kind of keep that balance, they kind of had a middle ground where they had HDMI and those things. So I have an old plasma, uh, a Samsung here. And it, it literally whole it's literally connected 18 consoles right now in my house. So nice. I have 18 consoles that are hooked up in real time. I can literally turn them on and they'll automatically play. Nice. That's dope, man. That's dope. It's, it's, it's a lot of craziness. Uh, I literally had to sit down here with a pad and paper and draw out how I was going to set this up. And I would have, like, I have switchboards that basically turn on when, I, when the game systems turn on. And they work and function. And so when I, I have literally a, a right, a left, and a middle uh, power source. Right. And whatever power source I turn on, the switch will work with that one. And I had to, like, literally think this out when I was building this crazy contraption. But it's it's so great that I don't have to, like, disconnect things. and Yeah, that would be horrible. It's horrible. Especially I used to do it in my old house. I would have to take a system down, get a new system hook it up, then play it, take it down, then I'd switch on another system, and it just got crazy. So me and my wife, like, 
got this idea of building a shelf here that holds all my games and things and my consoles and being able to connect it to a TV. And it has surround sound in the ceiling too. So those old games actually play with surround sound in this room too. And you're like a legit, like legit gamer. Like I I've seen you getting stuff from like overseas, like like old games and stuff like being released and like you go hard. I'll show you some throwbacks that'll, that that will probably bring your heart so happy. Uh, I'll show you this one, for example. Everyone had this back in the day. Ninja Turtles. Oh, old box, bro. All, all in the box, brand new. This is like one of my favorite. This is actually my original copy that has a kit. Uh, I have not wore this out at all. I, 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 uh, I'm a big Ninja Turtles fan, and uh, even just to have somebody just to play at home was like crazy. Uh, Contra. Everyone played Contra. Oh, man. Everyone yeah. Yep. And uh, you know, basically, they took a rip off of Arnold Schwarzenegger and Sylvester Stallone here. And me and my cousin Doug used to play this. I played this at his house, and as soon as I got done playing his house, I told my mom, I was like, I have to go to the store and get this. Right. <laughs> There's no questions asked. And I played, me and him, that's what we, we sat around. We always joke about it all the time while I was playing it. Uh, I'll make a funny one you've never seen before. Yeah, you remember Mega Man, right? Little yeah. blue bomber and stuff. Well, back in the day, Capcom didn't know how to express themselves, so they hired some sketchy artists to do their cover. And this cover is really funny because it's a dude with a gun. <laughs> and funny. what's funny about this is that it didn't sell well because people were confused by it. Like, what is this? And and uh, the second game actually like did the actual art correctly. And 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 uh, after they fixed it. Uh, these ones are hard to find. So this one's like a really uncommon one to find because it has this this label in the front. And they were trying to make this Captain Commando as their their like kind of like uh their their slogan thing, kind of like Mario and Sonic and things. Yeah. But he never he never took off, but he's on every single old box that Capcom used to do when before making Street Fire and things like that. So it's like really terrible. <laughs> uh, some other ones that you've probably seen. It's my this is my all time favorite game of all time, uh, Super Metroid. Yeah, yeah, climb the walls. <laughs> I literally, no joke, I've probably beaten this probably 10,000-something times. I, this is my game where I'm bored, and I'll just start playing it over and over and over again. Uh, the, the, I feel it's the perfect game. So what I mean by perfect game, there's no, I don't ever feel that game is ever perfect. That game is perfect. Yeah. I remember going to Toys R Us, and I saw a demo of it, and I almost had a heart attack because I played Metroid 2 on the Game Boy, and I didn't have a lot of money, so I played the thing all the time, and, and it was like a trilogy. So when I saw this, I had a heart attack, and I told my mom, I was like, please, please leave me. She's like, we have no money. We can't get this. And then so I would go to Blockbuster, and I would literally, like, wait out early, early morning, and I would tell the manager, if it comes in, save me that game. And so he would always save it for me, and I would literally uh, – play it beat it and then send it back i did this for like months and my mom got tired of it and she was like all right we're buying this game i'm tired of renting this She's like you literally rented right. it for the value that's worth yep so when she went to the store they didn't have any and uh my friend uh my friend that uh that uh she worked with they went to another store and they had it so she basically paid them for it and then got it for me for my birthday which i i and I stood every day after after had age after high school. I would sit there in the morning with my little TV on the floor, and I would just sit there and and, and beat the crap out of it. Loved it. That's funny. Another one that could probably blow your mind. Uh, like I said before, Ninja Gaiden. 
Oh, uh, yep, yep. Uh, this was the first game that had cutscene, and I loved it. I, as hard as it was and frustrated I was with this game, I loved it. I could beat this game with my eyes closed. Uh, I played it so much because I used to get so mad at it. Uh, I've destroyed probably three or four controllers because of this game. <laughs> I know how that goes. It's so bad. And then lastly, you probably haven't seen this one in a long time, and this, this is an OG box. Kung Fu. Uh, Resident Evil. Oh, yeah. Yes. My mom bought this for me, which is me and my mom were in the cheesy horror stuff, so she didn't know what to buy me. And it's her fault. I love this series. Uh, she bought this for me. Uh, like, oh, it's zombies. I'm going to, he's going to love this. And I played it and I was confused by it at first. I'm like, what is this game? Yeah. And then I started playing it and I got, I played at night, sitting in the dark, playing and scary. Yep. yep. I, my boy Ray used to do that. <laughs> scary. The last yep. one I have for you. Those man, dogs. You're going to lose your mind. You're going to lose your mind because you're going to love this. Everyone that has Sega Genesis love this game. No one hates it or anything. And I actually have a soundtrack for it. And I pulled this out for you. Where is that? There it is. See if you remember this. Streets of Rage. <laughs> yeah, man. Picking up trash cans and stuff. <laughs> yeah. So I'm in love with this game. Obsessed. To the point where the soundtrack is probably the best soundtrack ever in a game. Uh, I actually have it on vinyl because I love it so much. I have it on CD and everything else. That's uh, they just made Streets of Rage 4 for the Switch and the PlayStation. And it's a, as good as those old games. And uh, I, I, I was a Sega fanboy for a long time. I would, I would hate on the Super Nintendo. I was all pro. Like, screw Super Nintendo. I was on Team Sega. You know, yeah, everyone Sega. laughing. And the only reason why I was on Team Sega was my mom was cheap. I asked her for a Super Nintendo, and it was $199. She went to a KB toy store and it, they had a sale for one for $99. And she was like, heck no, I'm going to get this. Right. And I got that and Predator 2, which is like the weirdest thing ever. The, the cover on it's hilarious because they show a guy ripping a spine out in the front of it. Like that was like, no one blocked that off before rating systems. So like, yeah. it's just hanging up in the store. It's like, Oh, he'll like this. And when I went to my birthday and opened it, I was like, what the hell is this thing? Like, what is this? And it That's came funny. with Ultra Beast, and I put Ultra Beast on my like, oh, actually, it's pretty dope. Yep. And then uh, I got uh, I got Predator 2, and then the next game I got was Streets of Rage 2, and I was like, all Sega all the time. <laughs> I think that I, I th I'm pretty sure I just played that not too long ago uh, on those new little consoles that they have. They have like 50, 60 games on them. Uh, Love them. I, I got one of those Sega ones, and I was just, the only thing about it is the cords are so short. Like, you got to be all up by the TV, man. Like, they don't have wireless, but like I played as one of the games that I played. So I, I buy, I'm obsessed with cords like that too, because I like playing with the cords. And so every time they ever release those things, like I always buy the extension cords from no care. Like I got one like for a Super Nintendo and it's like 12 feet long. I can literally just like walk around the house with this thing. Oh, and I'm like, I don't care. I just like the, I like the cord. Everyone's like with the Bluetooth and stuff. And that's great. But I like that old feeling with the cord hanging there. I even if it's annoying. I remember a kid. I would like try to pull them and like get all annoyed with them and stuff. But I like I like the the cords. My friends laugh at me all the time. Like you, we bought this extension cord. Well, you can get a Bluetooth one that's cheaper. Listen, like I don't care. It's all OG. I'm playing yeah. OG all the time. And I don't mind the cord, but it's just like I don't have an extension, so it's just so short. Like I'm just like, 
all up on the screen. Like, I think it's probably like three feet, maybe two feet, three feet. I don't even know. I'll have to send you a link. I'll get you something hooked up for you. you show me what you got. I'll, I'll see if I can find it for you. I'm, I'm very good at it. Everyone does it all the time. They'll call it, They'll write me and say, hey, I'm looking for this. And I'm like, okay. And then I'll send them links and stuff like that all the time. Yeah. Another thing that will blow your mind, too, and I wanted to show this to you, too. You used to, this was the OG, how any of your friends knew what was going on, like with codes and stuff like that. Everyone played OG. All the little books, so this the is, magazine. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Yep. So I have I have the first 200 copies of it. Uh, and this is pre-internet. Pre-internet, this is what the cool kid on the corner that had the subscription to it yep. had it. I never had a subscription to it. What would happen is my best friend would have a subscription. He didn't want them anymore. And then so he would slide them over to me after he would be cool. And everyone was like, oh, man, like uh, – like they would do funny stuff. Like he would tell these codes and like, where'd you get that from? And like, he's like, no, he's like, I learned on my own. I'm like, no, you didn't. He's like, you, know, <laughs> like, you guys Nintendo power. He's like, your mom's rich. Like, stop playing. <laughs> we, we used to always go to uh, like gamers and stuff back in the day. Uh, and, and my boy used to get like those magazines and stuff. Like there'd be a couple of different ones, like later on that you'd be deciding which one to get. Now, the last OG one that I wanted to show you, and you're going to love this too. This one's a rare version of it, but I had to show this because everyone loves this game. That's, of course, uh, Super Mario 3. Oh, yeah, man. Yeah. <laughs> we were just, we still play the, uh, on the Wii, we still play Mario games. Dude, I, I love them. Uh, I, uh, I literally had Mario 1, uh, the only Nintendo game I had. Uh, I played that probably for three years straight, like not joking. I would try to like get the highest score versus my friends or like that. Uh, we used to also do like, like trades. Trades were a big deal back in the day. And so like, you know, no one wanted to trade Mario with me. But the one time my mom was really cool and it's a really funny story. She was dating a guy from Montgomery Ward, so not to age myself again, but she was. And for so, the people who don't know that, that's a, like a department store. <laughs> like like back in the day. Yeah. yeah. Like Sears, yeah. she was dating a guy there, and what happened was we saw The Wizard, and The Wizard was a movie with you know uh, with the dude from Boy, uh, not Boy Meets World, but uh, Wonder Savage. Years. Fred Savage. Yeah, Fred Savage was in it, and basically it was like a slogan for Nintendo. And it, all you cared about, we didn't care about nothing about the storyline. They were just showing games off, and I was like, oh my god, Double Dragon, oh my god, Link. And at the end of it, they had a tournament, and then they opened the tournament, and no one knew about it. It was Mario Three, so everyone was all hyped up for it. So, uh, two weeks early, uh, they came into a store, Montgomery Wards, and that guy basically, I hate to say it, but basically, like, took one from the back, and he sold it to my mom, and my mom gave it to me. And so, I was at, hyped up at school. I had it before anyone else had it, and no one believed me. So, then I brought the instructions with me, because I was smart, because I was like, if I brought the game, someone's going to steal it from me for sure. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so, I brought the instructions with me. And so I had the instructions. And for two weeks, I was like a king. Everyone wanted to come to my house. Everyone wanted to hang out. Everyone wanted to see it and play it. And, and like, so I had all these cool friends. I had people that I didn't even know when like, I come over the house and stuff like that. But after the two weeks that it came out, that everyone was like, just avoid me, like, play. Like, you guys did me dirty, man. <laughs> but uh, I loved it. I stayed up like literally like two nights straight trying to beat it. It's like super tough. It's a, it's a big game, which is really surprising for an old Nintendo game, but it was super tough. And when I beat it, <laughs> 
my, I got in trouble with my mom. My mom used to work ER, and I would scream at the top of my lungs, like, when I would win games, and I just couldn't help myself. And she would be like, what the hell are you doing? And I'm like, what's the game, huh? Dude, like, 2 o'clock in the morning. You remember how that is? You play a game, and a few hours later, it would, like, you would, like, what the hell time is it? Oh, it's 6 o'clock at night. What the hell have I been doing all day? Yep, yep, man. I'm yeah, that, that's happened more than a couple of times. Like, actually, my boy Ray and I, we used to, when we used to do like sleepovers or whatever, like you were saying, like, you know, back in those blockbuster days, you had to try to beat games like in two days because you had to take it back or you had to like re-rent it. So, so we used to go and get like snacks and stuff, man. And then just like on that Friday night, we'd just be gaming like before you know it's like two in the morning. It's crazy because I had a, my best friend, his name was Joe. And what would happen with him, his mom was like, it was crazy. So the story about his dad, his dad was basically a hacker before they were hackers. And he tried to hack IBM and he got busted. <laughs> so then what happened was he got arrested and then they, they said, how did you do it? And they, they hired him on as a job and he would sit in his house in a room with these updated computers that IBM was sent to him and he would smoke cigarettes and he watched their systems and he would tell them all the new tricks and stuff. Yeah. And so he was born. Uh, his mom was an accountant. So they were put on investing all this money and stuff. And she was really a sweet lady. She, and what's crazy about her is I was poor. And so what she would do with my best friend, Joe is she would give him extra money for me to get lunch in school. I was in high school. So people would make fun of me because I couldn't afford anything. Yeah. I couldn't afford food. So like I would just basically, he would like, Hey, uh, my mom told me to take care of you. And they always took care of me and stuff. But so jealous of him. He would have all the new games. He'd have all the crispy stuff. All <laughs> the new stuff. He used to just drive me bananas with it. Like, just absolutely crazy. And he would carry, like, he would come in like, hey, look, I got this, I got this. And I would just, just, just despise him all the time about it. But he was the one who also got me in love with the games too because I got to see all the new stuff before anyone seen it. Uh, Nintendo 64, for example, when it got released, it like sold out everywhere. It was like that and Tickle Me Elmo were going crazy. <laughs> and he came over with a case. Like I actually have the cases here and he had like a, he came with this case. I was like, what is this case? And he opened it up and it was the, it was a Mario 64 and Pilot Wings and then the 64 wrench I never seen it before. And I'm like, where the hell did you get this? He's like, yeah, my mom bought it for me, you know, and, and got to got to invest in playing these games. And because of the, his, hate to say it, his wealthiness, he, I got open to all kinds of the games. I used to make fun of him. He used to play role-playing games. And I'm like, this yeah. is the stupidest thing I've ever seen in my life. Final Fantasy. Yeah. <laughs> play Street Fighter, man. I was a big fighter nut. I would play Mortal Kombat and Street Fighter. I just love, I liked the, 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 the basically the competitiveness of it. And so I would, I would learn all the moves and I would come over there and I'd wreck them. Uh, his brother, Matt, which is, we still make, we still laugh about this to this day. Uh, I had Mortal Kombat 4 over his house on PlayStation. And uh, what people don't know is I used to be a tester for an arcade. They would call me and they would, they would get my survey to see how I like games. Yeah. So I would get to play fighting games like weeks earlier. And then I would go to the arcade with the quarter and I would just manhandle people. And I, I, I remember I made adults upset. I remember, like, dudes wanted to fight me. Like, didn't understand how I knew all these moves already. It was, like, the first day they would get dropped on the thing. Like, how do you know all this stuff? And I would drive him crazy. That's and so I would, I would beat his brother, Matt, 
viciously. Like, I didn't want him even getting a hit on me. And I would just religiously just destroy him. And he got so mad. He, like, I remember it. So he picked up his brother's PlayStation and just flipped it and broke it. Oh, man. <laughs> and, dude, his brother was so salty about it. He was so mad. I know how that goes. You're like, this game is cheating, man. <laughs> like, I can't get my right, right. hit in. <laughs> or the buttons are stuck. I can't get this all. You know, you just, you just horrible at it. Yeah, yeah. But then uh, we go to the arcade, and Matt would get his revenge on me. Like uh, I remember Tekken came out, and Tekken he would like he would whoop the brakes on me, and I would get salty. I was like, I can't take this. Like I gotta walk away. Can't handle this right now. <laughs> Dude, yeah, those were days, man. That that used to be the thing, man. I, I can remember being in like seventh grade and then having to walk home uh, from school and stuff. And I would go to Kroger's grocery store and they had Mortal Kombat and Ninja Turtles. Those were the two arcade games that they had in there, man. So I, all the money that I had, that's where like, any quarters that I could scrounge up, that's where it went, <laughs> like at the end of the day, man. It's good now because like there's a company called Arcade One Up that you've probably seen in my house, because I'm a big fan, too. Uh, I have – Ninja Turtles is, like, to me, is the end-all, be-all of arcade games. So when they, they – so they do – what they do is they do smaller sizes of them with risers. Yeah. And so you can get them for, like, between – and I see them go low, like, between, like, maybe, like, to 100 to 200 bucks. And uh, I'm passing that along to my kids with the arcade machines. And so they love those ones. And then I have Mortal Kombat as well. Yeah. Uh, funny story, when I was moving from D.C., when I told you like, I had to move uh, to uh, Arizona, I went through Chicago. Chicago's where Mortal Kombat's made. And when I went to this gas station, we were literally driving for like three days straight. And I'm talking about our, the most ragged trip ever. It was horrible. Uh, sleeping in the car and eating food and just, just sweating to them from the heat because there was no A.C. in the car. Oh, man. And uh, we stopped in Chicago. On a, on a gas run and I saw them roll out Mortal Kombat 2 and that like blew my mind I was like what this is a sequel and uh, I really was playing like crazy and my mom uh, my mom's boyfriend at the time was like hey we gotta go and I was like nah I got, I've got to play this and uh, so my mom gave me a handful of quarters like let him just get like 30 or 40 minutes into it let him he's been in the car he's been very quiet let him do his business and I was just sitting there for like 30 or 40 minutes trying to figure out anything I could on that game. Uh, but it was amazing. I love Mortal Kombat too. And it's, it's, it's straight cheap because they, back in the day, they tried to get quarters. You can never be the computer. But I tried really hard. And I, I mean, I, I'm obsessed with that game. That game is like one of my, my favorite arcade games. Those two, like, like you're saying, like, those are my two favorite arca arcade games of all time. That's fine. Yep. That's, yes. Yep. I, I can remember those. I, I don't know why I so vividly remember walking into the grocery store and playing those games, man. But yeah, that that was the day, man. That and then like bowling alleys. Like my dad used to bowl in the league on Sundays. So I would go and play like Street Fighter and whatever else they had back there, man. So those were like, the, those were good days, man, for sure. It's multiplayer before multiplayer was there. You got to interact with people that like, like the same things. Of yeah. course you had the guys that would be like, like this whole like teenager jerks that basically knew everything. And I watched them just wail people's quarters away from people like all the time. Uh, and then there was guys that were basically just, just hanging out in there. They didn't have quarters, but they would just sit there and just watch people just like, you know, interact with the game or my favorite, like the NBA jammers, which I love the NBA jam guys. Basically the trash talkers that would just talk trash about how they made shots and stuff. 
and all the craziness to it. And I just love the community of it. Uh, I, you don't even know anybody in the arcade. And then basically you start meeting people, like just talking back and forth while you're playing, like, oh man, you kicked my butt. And, you know, some dudes are rude. Some dudes will, like would explain to you like what was, what they were doing and stuff. So that's basically how you got. I remember uh, I had this funny meme where people like, like would they would sell cheat sheets of yeah. like, codes and fatalities and stuff to people in, in arcades. And that's how they paid to play arcade games. You give them five bucks and they give you this little card with all the cool fatalities and all the moves and stuff. And then you sit there and like learn real quick. And then you're like, okay, I'm going to try to step up and, and play. And then like the whole tradition, my, my, my son doesn't know. We just put quarters. That was the thing. Quarters were going like, I got next. Yes, yeah. you know, and people do you know, like walk away, play some other games, and come back and you know get get a chance to fight in game. And I just love that community of the arcades. Yeah, man, and it's cool to see. One, one, oh yes, one of the things I wanted to make sure to ask you about. I had said to you a while back, man, like you need like a YouTube channel or something because you used to make videos and you would be talking about new games and stuff that you got. I haven't seen any videos recently. I don't know if you still make them or not, but. I do, uh, and so uh, right now there's a there's a new community I got put on to. Uh, it's a private group, and it's crazy because the problem is with me with being on a YouTube channel is that there's a lot of criticism with people with, with videos. You know, if you don't have the highest quality or you're not humorous or people get obsessed with videos, and if you're not making enough videos all the time, they get obsessed with it. So I didn't want to make it not fun. I just wanted to kind of be on the cuff. I, you know, I didn't want sponsorships and things like that. There's a lot of YouTubers out there, to be honest with you. Uh, I went to, and I, I'm not holding against the person that runs the, the expo. My first expo I ever went to, they brought in the guys from Mortal Kombat. 25-year anniversary, everyone that was in the game that was done digitally was going to be there. Super hyped for it. So I'm on the plane. I'm hyped. I was going with a friend down there because I, I wrote a book uh, in his book, and he was also a guy that was a that was in the military too. So we were hyped. I was super hyped. I got a VIP spot. I'm like, I'm gonna get to meet them and blah blah blah. First day was fun for a second. Uh, literally, the guy played Jax in Mortal Kombat too. I literally was in the bathroom, taking just basically relieving myself, and he walked in and he was like. Woo! He's like, that this water is killing me, huh? And he like patted me on the back and I like walked away and I was like, and there was another YouTuber there and we were just, we had a moment where we were just giggling while we were taking, basically going to the bathroom and like, like, dude, was that Jax that just hit me on my back for no reason? Like crazy stuff. Yeah. And so I went there and I met YouTubers that were actually big on there and they, and they have like, and they're a big group and I don't want to put their names out there or tarnish their names like that, but they were acting like they were like celebrities, like they were too good to talk to me and stuff. And I was like, you know, thanking them, you know, for doing those videos because I get to learn as much stuff as they do. And they were just kind of like nonchalant to me and turning their backs to me. And I'm like, how rude, like, this is very rude. Yeah. And then I met the Mortal Kombat guys, the guy who plays Johnny Cage in the original game, he was there. And I walked up to him and I was like super nervous, of course, because I was like, I was, I was like, oh my, this is my game. And I get to meet the people that I just want to tell them thank you and blah, blah. And then I walked up there and before I even talked to him, he was like, if, if you don't have your money out, I want to have nothing to do with you. So either you can have your money out or you can get the hell out of the line. And I was like, what the hell is going on? Like, I was like, this is so weird. And then uh, I just like, you know what? I'm just going to get out of the line. Cause I'm like, 
I, I hate to say it, when you meet your the meet people that you that you just love and respect, sometimes they're not going to be that same person you think of. Yeah, and they weren't very warm to me at all. And the same people across the board, except for Jax, of course. Jax, that dude was uh, amazing. But everyone else, I was just like, just crushed me. I'm like, dude, I I loved your games. I literally, you know, thought about ever meeting the people that were in these games. Like, I just wanted to be part of it, you know. And it didn't go good. And yeah. then I was going around, walking around, and with the YouTubers and things like that going on. But there was people there. And I would look at games and there would be people like coming around to me and grabbing the games out of my hands because they, because they watch these YouTube videos and they get obsessed with like, if I talk about Resident Evil, for example, right? What happens immediately is people like, I remember like that game too. And I want to buy that game up too. And they like get nostalgic for it. And then they spend crazy money for those things. So there's a dark side to that portion of it. They have a big power in the community because Whatever they say can increase price because if I see it, I'm like, I want to buy that too. And so I have to be kind of constant of what's going on. And there's people that are just jerks. And like, I was there picking up a game for my friend. Uh, and the thing about him, he's in the military and this guy travels all over the world. He never gets to come home. He does all these things. So I always try to like send him like care packages and things like that to take care of him. Right. So I was there finding something for him and this guy tried to rip it literally out of my hands because it was a rare game and he didn't, he wanted to have it. And luckily the owner was like, no, that's his game. You're not taking that from him and just jerks. And I'm like, that's the dark side of it. And so I don't ever want to be that. I just right. want to be an information of my enjoyment. So I don't want no Makes money sense. from it. I don't want the proceeds. I just want people to enjoy like, like, not only like reviews like that are not like, you know, twisted from sponsorships and things like that. I just want to explain to people like that maybe not know about it and may want that in the future. That makes sense, man. You know, that, that's totally understandable. So, <laughs> but yeah, I'm glad that we got to talk about that and you got to explain it. So uh, it, it makes sense. Uh, another thing that you wanted to make sure to talk about was, uh, you know, the current state that we're in uh, with, uh, you know, last night there were protests, uh, you know, here in Omaha. Uh, so I'll go ahead and let you, you know, have the floor and, and, and speak your mind on that and, and the situation that's going on in Minnesota. So I I just wanted to give condolences to the, the Floyd family. Uh, George Floyd, uh, you know, with all the situation with the riots going on and everything like that, uh, I hope something changes, you know, with policies or training with the police. Uh, with the culture, you know, dealing with the situations. It's hard. I know there's a lot of stuff going on with COVID-19. People are frustrated and those things like that. And that should not happen at all. I don't, I've been in the, in the military and been in uniform. The, the thing that we deal with on a daily basis is being professional at all times. Being the standard, being excellent, being that person. That we, it's just like a football team. When you put on a uniform, you are part of that community. And you have to be at the highest discipline and at the highest, you know, procedures. And there's going to be people that are in there that don't live up to those standards. And that, what happened the other night, is uncalled for and disrespectful. I want to give prayers to that family and to George Floyd himself. He should not have been treated like that at all. And I know there's a lot of frustration around there and a lot of violent things going on. And I understand the frustration. And I hope something changes, especially with training and and being the top and getting professionals in there in, in that community you know especially uh there's a lot of great police officers out there that are taking care of people and doing their jobs but you know 
with things right now with social media and, and the press, there's everyone has a camera now, and it's it's hard to see those good shining people that are out there in the community doing good things. And I just want to say that I hope uh, you know prayers go out to that family and to George Floyd himself. He did not deserve that, and it's it's a very disrespectful thing. And I hope there's there's swift justice that that, that goes on, and that someone gets held accountable for those situations that happen. Yeah, for sure. You know, like we talked about, like, you didn't watch the video. I didn't watch the video because you, you you already know from what everybody is saying what's going to happen. So you don't need to you don't need to see that and subject yourself to, to, to what happens in those videos that are out there, like, especially when you've seen it before. Like, there, there's no point. in I mean, for me personally, to to watch the video, like, I, I've seen the still shots and whatnot. So like, that's that's more than enough for me. Like, it's crazy, man. It's crazy. Like I had to say something, and I, and I don't go on social media. I don't take sides. People don't understand. Like, I'm as in the military. We, we as military, and I'm not saying it across the board for military at all, uh, and this is just for me, being me, myself, whoever's in charge, whoever's like that, I have to honor and respect it. They're my boss. Overall, you know, whoever's in, in charge only, that's my boss. It is. It, and everyone has different, uh, different uh, you know, uh, creeds and things like that and ethics they, they live by and you know you have to kind of be part of that for the for America if, if the people chosen that person to lead us that's what we fall under you know and so I'm not putting anything in the aspects of military I have nothing I'm putting military to the side right now this is just me you know what I mean I I'm a person that basically you know I'm supposed to be excellent in all I do so in the Air Force we have a creed you know service before self uh, service before, I'm sorry, service was excellent all we do. And then, you know, living by the core values all the time. So when I'm out in, in public, I'm wearing that uniform. I'm a representation of the country. That's how it goes all times. Uh, if I'm out there and I'm messing around doing something wrong, some video gets posted. It's not a reflection of me. It's going to be a reflection on the military. And so that's the same thing that should be held across the board. You know, with police officers and things like that, you're out in the community, you're responsible for your actions. You know that, you're getting taped, and you wear cameras for those things like that because you have to be at top level at all times. It is. It's, I'm not saying it for police officers. It's a tough job. They, they don't get paid enough for what they do. Uh, they deal with high stressful situations at all times, and they have to make judgments on the fly. And being in the military, it's tough for us too. You know, we've dealt with those situations, you know, so... I see a balance of whole sides that needs to be adjusted, but for that for that situation to happen, uh, it's disgusting to be honest with you. And I hope, like I said, I hope swift justice happens and they get held accountable for it. And there's some peace to it. But like like we were saying before, you know, you you're saying it like it's a powder keg going on right now with with this coronavirus, with people being out of jobs, uh, for being people that are that are struggling right now and and hurting. You know, I went through it too. I lost my job during that current situation. So I understand it, but we have to be together as a community and help each other out, especially with this going on. The first thing I did, like I was explaining to you, is uh, masks for people because people couldn't get a hold of masks. There was resellers out there buying up hand sanitizer and toilet yep. paper and crazy stuff that was going on. And I can't see people without stuff. So I, even now I'm outside the military, I'm considered a veteran now. I, I still want to help my community. I, I, I still do Habitat for Humanities and those things like that to help out the community. And so my local community, I was helping make masks, helping masks for my wife, 
you know, she where she works. I, I just want to go with HIPAA rules and where I work, I'm going with HIPAA rules as well. But just helping out people, you know, just, just trying to help out the community. And that's, that's, I've done it in the military. I'm a representation that we do volunteer work all the time. And so I like to help out. And that's just how I feel like we should be across the board. <laughs> to keep the positivity, it, stress off of everything, you know? Yep. I get it. I get it. Uh, last, last thing I want to touch on is just, uh, you know, I started off by saying, you know, to the planet, um, you know, what are your thoughts about getting back to the mats and, and do you have a plan set up for that? Or is there a timeline or are you just seeing how things go? I think I'm going to, I'm going my, myself, I, I love the mats of the community. A lot of people don't understand. Like, uh, I got, I had this crazy divorce happen. Uh, and I met Derek. Uh, I called Derek on the phone. I, I saw, I always wanted to try jujitsu, but I was scared. Uh, I was very intimidated because I'm not good at all. I'm going to still be honest with you. I tell you that. Oh, whatever, you know, I go on whatever, there. I go man. on there. Dude, I, you think, but dude, the way I am, I, I, I grew up with the jujitsu all-stars. So I had ants. Let me just give you the list. Ant, Bibbs, uh, Chuck the Truck, Juan, Michelle. So I had the whole Lopez family. I had Bibbs as well. I call, I consider him in part of that, that, that family. Uh, Justin Harder, uh, Jazzy J, and and uh, and basically uh, you know Cody and all of them, and they were monsters, monsters. My first day I got there, I got choked out probably forty times. I probably got <laughs> onboarded a hundred. I was so I try to go in strength, like I'm gonna go in there and try to like strong arm them, and they smoked me. Uh, Justin is the most highly respected person I ever met in my life. To me, if, if you know WWE, in WWE, the Undertaker is the, the ring general. And all be all. No one's messing with him. He's the toughest person in the world. Justin, to me, and Jason, too, I'll say that to him, Jazzy J, were the two toughest people I ever met in my life. They don't have no filter. They tell you straight up, your, they will call you out on your BS. They will tell you straight to your face. Like, do not play with them. Yeah. They will, they will wreck you for what you know. And so I was very humbled by them. They And I'm still literally scared of Justin to this day. I'm still <laughs> I admit that to the heart. But the thing that I loved about him the most is that even through all that stuff and I wasn't the best and things like that, I always just kept grinding at it. And that's why I love it so much is the grind of it. I don't think I'm good at all. I don't even feel like I made the rank that I am right now. I, I feel like I, I'm different, like same thing I've rolled with you. I, I will help out with tips or whatever I think that, that can help you. But I went through I went through the jujitsu all-stars and got wrecked. My first, I'll say this funny story really quick. Uh, this happened to me twice. I met Eddie Bravo twice, okay? Two occurrences. The first one was when I got my mind open to lockdown and electric chair. Uh, I, we had a Midwest... Uh, of all the jujitsu beasts in the world that came together for this one thing. And uh, I was doing lockdown and I didn't know my, I didn't know how to do lockdown at all. <laughs> and, uh, and during that Midwest camp, uh, he walked by me. I said, am I doing this right? Uh, Master uh, Bravo. And he's like, 
I don't know what the hell you're doing and just embarrassed myself. <laughs> I was like, that? The, the, first, the very, very first time I met him, uh, they had a, they had what was called Kumite. So they had people that just try to go Kumite. So there was a guy named Monzo there and Chris Liu. And those two guys are also jujitsu beasts. Uh, were part of that, that crew to the jujitsu all-stars as I call them. And they were, they were ribbing me like, come on, go, go volunteer for it. We're doing it. You should do it. So we're all white belts. And I was like, okay, I'm in. I had Cody. I tell Cody this all the time. Cody put me in the first heel hook I've ever been in my life. Didn't know nothing about heel hooks. Was completely confused by it. I thought I would go in there and lock down and I would prove my point that I can, I can hang with Cody. I know Cody was going to wreck me, but I can hang and blah, blah, blah. And he put me in the heel hook and I didn't know what it was. And it hurt like hell. And uh, we're just standing there. Cody's got me in heel hook. And I'm just looking around confused. And Eddie walked over and he was like, you can just tap out. Like, just try to tell me, like, <laughs> you, need to, you, need to, you need to walk away from this. And so embarrassed. And two times with Matt Brady, I got embarrassed. But I met John Botello. He's from Phoenix. And I'm good friends with him. Uh, never seen Die Hard, which blew my mind. And I had to rectify that issue with that. But you meet so many different types of people, and you just take pieces of puzzles from them. Marvin and Geo and Boogie and, you know, Derek and Ant and Bibbs. You just take small things, and you put them together, and you start learning what you're good at. Everyone's good at different things. And them putting the heat on me all the time, uh, Justin and all them, blew my mind. And like I said, I'm not the best. I just took little pieces from things they did to teach me. And now I'm passing that along to everybody else. And that's, well, I mean, once I get back, I can't, I can't wait. Well, I, I will always say this. I do remember, and I was, I've told you this before too, the first time that we ever actually rolled and you put me in the electric chair and I didn't know what was going on. And I thought I was cool. Like I, I had my knee off to the side. My, my one leg was trapped in between your legs, but I thought I was good. And before I knew it, my leg was on your shoulder, and like I was like, I, I don't know, <laughs> kind of like you you were saying with the heel hook. Like I was like, number one, I was like, I don't even know how this happened because I thought I was in good position, and then before I knew it, my leg was just up there, and I was like, uh, <laughs> okay, and I had to tap because I couldn't get out. Like I didn't, you know, I, that's what it was. So it's the same thing with me. Like I, so when I learned when I learned electric chair. When I saw when Eddie showed it, I was in half guard like all the time. He got caught in half guard all the time. I could not figure it out. And I was telling Chris Lou and Monzo this all the time. I was like, I can't get away from these people. They're putting me, they're putting me in Jamie's neckties and all kinds of stuff. And like, I can't figure out what's going on and how to fix this. And just driving me crazy. And uh, so I was with Rico, Monzo, and Chris. And then I started realizing I was getting lockdowns. I started catching on lockdowns. And then I started figuring out how to cycle them. And then for some reason, I became this crazy legend. And I, my mindset was I could sweep people from this. It wasn't submissions I wanted. I would just try to sweep people. So then I was like, I'm going to find the biggest guys. And all I want to do is figure out if I could put them in an electric chair and try to sweep them. That's it. And then I started just sweeping everybody with it over and over again, just kept trying to do it. And I started learning this little, I, I told you, I like, I always joke, I call it, I call it fetal position where I'm in like really close and I can flip people and stuff. And sometimes I get wrecked and laughed at, laughed at. I'll tell you, uh, I went to a tournament where I went to the board and this humongous muscular guy that did not look like he was 185 pounds. <laughs> Those are the worst, dude. <laughs> he was pointing right at the board with me. And I was like, 
was like, oh, he's like, he's like, oh, I'm, I'm rolling against you. And I'm like, okay. Yeah. Like, dude, no way you weigh what I weigh. And I was telling Ant this and then Ant was on my ref and he was like, what are you going to do? And I was like, I'm probably going for, I'm going right to the ground and I'm probably going to try to let your chair as fast as possible. And I literally did it and I'm like, yes, but he literally caught me in a Kimura. Like he just jumped out of it when I broke, when I <laughs> Kimura me immediately and locked me up. And uh, Ant was like, I can't even believe you got him, got him to do the electric chair. He's like, he's like I got another for that, you know, and that was just like the whole funny thing about it. And that's all I wanted to do at first was like, I want to see if I can sweep people and sweep and sweep and sweep. And then that's how I came this, this weird legendary stats. Everyone asked me about the electric chair all the time. Like, how are you sweeping people all the time with these things? And people now, like Jason and them, they would catch on to me, and they will not—they will not let me put them in that position at all. They will not let it happen, and it just makes me giggle because then, like, people start catching on to me, and then I had to learn new stuff. Like, I, I'm yeah. big on the rubber guard because I, that's why I was trained on. There's eras. There was a rubber guard era where we were in, and then it became the leg lock era, and that's what we're kind of in right now with the leg locks. And then yeah. all of a sudden, it was like trucks. And it's weird. The era moves as it goes. And uh, I still think we're in the leg lock era. Marvin, I will say to him, Marvin Castle is amazing guy. Like the, the, his mindset, the way he trains, the way he, he, he reacts to things, the way he moves. Like, I wish I could have that type of mind structure to do that. I really do, but I don't. So I have to, I stick to rubber guard because it's easier for me. I've been through a lot of things like, like, you know, like I have a lot of injuries and with me with being a type one diabetic, I can't heal. So I don't have the healing ability like everyone else has. And I want, and I'm in that, my brain is a 20 year old, but my body is <laughs> like a 60 year old. And so that's just <laughs> how yeah. it is. I just have to adjust with it. But I, I, I want to wear a mask. I want to just basically wear a mask. I may not be able to breathe, and I'm going to get wrecked. I know I'm coming back to, to some some kings in there. Yeah. And so I don't want to get the business when I get back, for sure. And so I'm trying to train right now, riding a bike and do things, but that's that's part of jujitsu. You yeah. come back and you have to earn your your uh, your cardio in jujitsu again. Yep, yep, yeah. I, I was talking to Logan and saying that I was trying to get up and get out more because I've been working so much and I just sit here for 12, 14 hours you know and, and I'm not getting any like exercise so I'm trying to make myself more accountable and get outside more like I was doing at least walk around or jog around a little bit uh, just to get some kind of <laughs> physical movement going and exercise so when it's time to go back to the mats I mean I know I'm going to be hurting anyway but you know it, if I can do anything to help myself now I, I should probably do it <laughs> so. you'll laugh at me man I, I, I like I ride the bike here like before we did this I ride the bike upstairs and I put like a high level on it and just keep pushing my legs. And like a lot of people don't understand, like with me, I can't lift weights like everyone else. I can't recover like everyone else can. So I, there's a lot of like muscular big guys that are athletic guys too, like in the, in there. And my mindset was cardio, 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 cardio. And people don't, I remember I used to run on the treadmill like crazy. And this lady, I don't know who she is, never, never seen her again. But she's like, I don't know, I call her my angel, basically. She showed up at the gym on base. And I was running with, uh, like, and she was like, you're running a flat track. And you're not doing anything to your body. And you're killing your knees. And you don't know what you're doing. And I said, okay. 
uh, I said, what do you think I should do then? Just picking her brain. And she was like, you should just walk on the treadmill and do inclines and try to do the highest incline you can. And I guarantee you're going to burn more calories and you're going to, and you're going to kill off a lot more than what you're doing. And I just laughed her off like whatever. And then I saw her two weeks later and she's like, you ready to do it? She's like, I'm going to do your workout and you're going to do my workout. <laughs> my treadmill. And then she basically did flat track and she showed me in real time that I was doing 10 times more harder workout than what she was doing with the straight flat. And she's like, you need to do this. And then, so that was my mindset. And so every place I do cardio, I put it to the most, the highest level I can to push myself and try to do it at, at least to the minimum where I can, I can stay with it. You know, not too much of a run, maybe like a power walk, whatever. And I was doing that all the time. People were like, and even Derek would be telling me like, Jesus, your cardio is ridiculous. It's just because I put all that hard heat on myself from those things. And I tell people resistance to me is king. Yeah. It will, it will humble you real quick because you think on a flat track, you're good. And you get those inclines and you're like, woo, um, I like some fire. <laughs> Bro, let me tell you, there was one time, so back when I was like 19, 20, maybe, I don't even know. I used to go to the gym like five days a week. I'm lifting and doing cardio, like running on the treadmill for like 30 minutes. And I'm like, I'm good, bro. I have a friend, uh, my friend, Joe, <laughs> he like runs outside and stuff. Like, he'll just go and run for miles. And he invited me out to go run with him. And I was like, nah, man, I'm good. And then he talked me into it. So I went, dude, we went, I don't even know. We didn't go far at all. Like we went up this incline and it killed my shins, dude. I, I had shin splints. I couldn't even, I couldn't even run anymore. It wasn't even like being tired. Like I just couldn't even do it. I was like, yeah, running outside on the inclines and the, the elevation changes is like the real deal. Like the treadmill you stuff is, like the, you, you've been to the, have you seen the, have you been on base at all? Not for years. Not, I mean, since like, so they had that big gym, right? Mm -hmm. And they had this hill at the end and I call it my Rocky Hill. So like when I used to run outside, I would come there and that's where I would start. So I would go down like, Oh, this is casual. And I would go to the back gate and I would run and then I would come back. And at the end I would have to hit that hill. And so I made a rule when I get to that hill, I have to run all the way up, full sprint, no stops. And if I if I screwed myself over and I didn't make it to the top with sprinting and I try to stop in the middle of it, guess what? I had to run halfway back down that hill and take it halfway and then come back again. And I would teach myself a lesson. But I would run like crazy extreme stuff and people would laugh at me. Like I would run at 12 o'clock in the afternoon here in the summertime. And you know how that is here with all that humidity and stuff. Rough. Or in the winter, where it's like slushy and icy and stuff, and I would have to like like walk like a penguin when I'm running, and I just try to make the most extreme now. But it's different now. I'm turning forty now, and I'm 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 hurting. Uh, the other day, I jacked up my shoulder uh, doing uh, like those those monthly like things where you do push-ups. Yeah, I did that and jacked myself up. And I used to make fun of David all the time. David used to come in there. And he'd have his little pajama pants and stuff. And I would give him all this heat. Like, come on, man. How are you sore? And give him all this heat. And I'm like, dude, this is the transition I'm going into now. Now I'm going into my 40s. Oh, man. You got to love it. I, I, I've still got one more year before I get in there. But I know, man, there's stuff where I'm like, 
but I'm like, if I would have did jujitsu 10 years ago, would my body have healed up better? Because I just feel like I can only imagine what you go through. Like for me, sometimes when I have stuff, it just lingers. It just doesn't go away. Mine doesn't at all. Like I'll go roll with you guys. And it feels like I got hit. Like I joke, like uh, I call it my, I call it my Mr. Burns walk. So I'll roll with you guys at night. I'll get done with all the adrenaline and everything. And I'll walk to my house to go take a shower and I have to go up these long stairs. And I literally crouch over with my hands like this. And I'm like sore and I have to walk up to the walk of shame, take a shower and then try to walk back downstairs so I can eat. And uh, I'll be walking around like Mr. Burns for the rest of the night. And no one sees it. No one's ever seen it before. And, and I just giggle at myself. Like I'm like sore. And my wife gives me the the speech, you know, she's like, because uh, I was, I wanted to be as good as everyone in there. Aunt is, is a genius. He yeah. did when he was young. And so he's in his prime right now, just wrecking everything. And I was like, if I would have just, I, I went into my late thirties. I'm like, if I would have just had the, the mindset where I wasn't scared and just went in there and did business, I would probably be amazing right now. And I, and I don't feel like I'm amazing. I feel like I told Jason, like Jason was giving me, I'll tell you before the purple belt promotion, Jason was like, you're going to get it. And I laughed at him. I was like, you are crazy. My mindset always was, I wanted to be the belt that wrecked people. So like, if I was a white belt, I want to be the white belt because I didn't get promoted. I want to be the white belt that was basically wrecking people. Or if I got the blue belt, I want to be the blue belt that basically put the business on people and, and not be purple. You know, like I knew purple come on. I was scared. I was like, purple is like standard. Like the, we, I joke a lot all the time about the pancake thing. Like, you don't know if you know about the pancake thing, like Prince and the Dave Chappelle thing with the pancake. Oh yeah. Yeah. When we got promoted. I wanted to give people pancakes. <laughs> like I wanted to be like, Oh, promotions, pancakes, you know, and blah, blah, blah. And I even told Juan, like, you know, like, He's struggling all the time with the pancakes. Like everyone gets promoted, should get pancakes. Everyone gets purple, gets pancakes, and that's what I like about it. I love the thing about jujitsu that I love the most is just being able to talk with people. You know, like you, for example, meeting people. Yeah, just having that for sure. And giggling around and joking around. You've seen so many people like joke around on there, and like a lot of people do. There's some people that take it serious full on, but there's a lot of joking and goofing off that people like joke and laugh about, and that's the portion I love. I, I love the the fun times with people like, oh man, you totally got me with that Kimura. Was like, should what was I thinking? You know, and things like that. I love that portion of the community of it. Yeah, man, it, it's so great. Like, I it, it's done so much for me. So I, I'm glad I found it. Glad I started doing it. I, I wouldn't like stop doing it for anything, man. So I, I hope to get back soon and uh, get back in shape and, and and just grind. That's what it is every day. So, I love your positivity on the mats, to be honest with you. Like, you coming in and, you know, you know high-fiving people and making people feel like, like, you know, they're part of that. Like, that's – I love that. And I, uh, I, I love it there, man. I was very intimidated. I When I roll with people, I get nervous. Like, I'll, I still do it, too. I look around and I'm like – I want to see people that want to come to me, but a lot of times it doesn't happen. Like people will get those dance partners and then I'm by myself and I'm just hoping someone will come over, you know? <laughs> and I, I like that you like high five people. Let's do this. You know, the thing like that. I wish I had that 
ability to do that. I don't. I get super nervous because I'm like, I don't want to bother somebody. Like if I, oh, man. I'll see Justin sometimes and I'm like, I don't want to mess with Justin because Justin, you know, probably doesn't want to roll with me, you know, and things yeah. like that. I feel intimidated. And so I, I, I feel bad. And, you know, then I'm like not rolling with anybody. And I'm like, I'm like, I should have just took that advantage and just roll with somebody. Yeah, yeah, but then you're like, ah, oh, I missed out. <laughs> I could have rolled with I such do. and such. I get nervous, like when people come in there, like the dojo, like boogieing them. Like I get intimidated. Like there's no way I should roll with those people. Like should not even phantom of even asking the situation. You know? Yeah, uh, makes I, sense. I love it when they ask me. You know? And then I'm like, okay. And then I'm like, wow, that's they're on another level than what I am. You know? Yeah, you, I mean, you, I think with those, you just got to know that you're about to take an L and just see what you can learn from it. <laughs> so That's why I try to be a community with them. You know, when I meet them and get to know them, who they are, you know, like when uh, when Boogie came here, uh, I uh, knew a guy that worked WWE. He, he was a photographer, and he's a big fan of Ultimate Warrior. And I said, if there's any way for you to get me a T-shirt, like that warrior, the last Warrior shirt before he died, they were selling there. If there's any way you can hook me up before he shows up, that'd be great. And sure enough, he's a game collector too. And so we worked out a deal for me to get a shirt and him to get something. And we worked a deal out. And then uh, when he, I saw his face light up when he got the shirt, you know, at the end of the, the thing, he, he just, just loved it. I just want to be supportive of the community. You know, even if I'm not the best, I just want to be, I want to support them as much as possible. What people don't know is uh, I gave a donation to Derek and Gio and them up there, you know, uh, when they were doing masks for, uh, you know, their San Diego place, just to support them with their situation because they can't, they're, they're business people too. They can't open up their doors. And so I don't need a lot of money. So like I literally randomly sent Derek $150 and say, hey, go take your family out and enjoy yourself, you know, so you're not stressed out. You've done so much for me, you know, I should, I want to be able to help them back too. And the same thing for you. I'm gonna tell you what your 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 food uh, thing is amazing. You did heroes the other night, and when yeah. about the hero place you opened, I called my wife immediately and was like, "You need to go over and get me a hero." <laughs> I like lost my mind because they were closed for like a long time, and I was like, "I have to." So I like literally stock your stuff when you have new places that you open up, and I'm like right behind you, like, "Oh, I'm gonna support them." Man, yeah, there's there's so many places, and, and that's what since we've been stuck in so much, that's what we do a lot is eat uh like because we're trying to support you know we know that these small businesses these small restaurant businesses for sure are struggling so like we eat out more than we normally would like don't get me wrong we like to eat out you know but i've been making sure that we eat out friday through sunday every week since we've been home like yeah every it's week. funny because like i where i work at i will tell people because people get excited about new restaurants over like this so when i see your posts i would like Hey man, this they, they open this back up, you know, like you know, if you're over there, you should definitely check them out. And blah blah blah. And like, there's a couple places you, you sent me to, and I'm like, I'm like, man, I was like, I would never know anything about this place because a lot of people don't know about like these things. I'm a little bit of an inner foodie myself. I hate to say it, I was a inner fat guy. I weighed like 300 pounds. I played uh, football for uh, college. Yeah. And uh, you would hear like when we work with players, like you hear these like players like, hey, there's a new spot you got to check out blah, blah blah but no one knows about those things and i didn't even know in omaha like they had these places i really didn't so that's mad that's, proud for you and your 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 stuff you're, you're doing dude you're doing amazing stuff and I'm, I'm very proud of you for sure i you, thank you, you man 
uh, definitely a, a definitely a thing that uh, I wish I could do, like you know, like like YouTube and those things like that. But you're doing amazing work. I wanted to tell you that keep up the amazing work. That. I, I appreciate that. People really love the food stuff, man. It's nice. It's it it's uh, just a natural progression uh, from what I was already doing with Small Guy Promotions, and uh, you know I was lucky enough to get someone to approach me about being partners and you know doing all the website stuff and whatnot so it's it's great he he can't go out like as much as he would like to um because they have a new well a, a young kid and stuff so like he tries not to go out and eat a lot but it just works i go out i'll do the reviews and he'll get every, i'll send them uh to him and he'll get everything put together and posted on the website and stuff and then people you know are telling me people at work and stuff like hey i, I tried the place that you posted about or and that's cool, man. That's like the ultimate for me, man, is when I post like a review on somebody or even if it's just pictures or something or video from someplace that I went and people go there and they say they like enjoyed it. That's like the ultimate like head or tip of the hat for me, man. So one it, thing I'm surprised about too is that you inspired me to start doing those videos. I never really? did videos before. I really? watch your videos and I'm like, man, I should like do something with like my games, you know, like I should like just tell them about stuff that's coming out and stuff, you know, or like little small videos. And I wanted to, I wanted to be as, as ghetto as possible. I didn't want like the lighting <laughs> and all the stuff that I saw on YouTube. I just wanted to be a dude sitting on a couch conversating about stuff I like. Cause I'm like, man, he loves that stuff so much. I'm like, I have to, Maybe I should start doing because you you notice that when you start making your videos, then I started making these live videos because it like inspired me to like start like posting those out there. I know if you, Dude, I, I never, never known that. This, but I wouldn't surprise you once we did this because I want to let you know that you were kind of like my inspiration with starting doing the videos and stuff. Man, see, and that dude, see, like, and you just never know if you love something, man. Like, other, even if it's not the same exact thing, like you know, you're doing games, I'm doing food or whatever else I'm talking about. Like, it, you never know what you could do that somebody sees and they take something away from it, man. And like, they turn that into something. So that's like always a a, a plus, man. You never know who you might reach with something, man. That, that's crazy. I, yeah, man. Thank you for telling me that, man. Yeah. So it's funny too, because like, I started doing the videos and then you started seeing like, like, uh, like Justin would talk about video games all the time. And then I would see my videos, obviously Justin watched them. And I'd be like, <laughs> wait a minute. But I mean, he's giving me heat. He's giving me heat about video games and like you know, all the time like that. And I was like, okay, it's funny. I'm like, I'm, I'm, I'm like starting to connect with people too, and that's the whole fun portion of it, you know. Like, uh, I'll tell you this crazy story that just happened. So my dog just died, right? Uh, was crushing to. I had to tell my son about his dog being passed away. Oh yeah, I remember seeing that post. Yeah, the worst feeling in the world. Like I still get choked up about it. And uh, I joined this new community with my friend, and then they're all lovers of video games and they sent me a care package in the mail uh didn't know who i was they got me a game and then they gave me a card and i still have it like right here like basically you know for my my dog got lost yeah i didn't know any of them and so they brought me in as a community and i, I like broke down when they they sent me the box and like just do a live video of it and i just busted out crying in embarrassment because they got me. I'm like trying to be strong for my son and stuff like that but it was like the hardest thing I had to do in my life like I've been in the military done some really hard things but to tell my son 
they called me. I was watching UFC fights, and I was basically explaining to my wife what they were doing in jujitsu because that's what I do when we watch UFC fights. So she's like, oh, they go to the ground, like, what are they doing? And I was explaining to her things, like the guy was getting a twister or whatever. Doc calls me and tells me my – he's like, hey. He's like – because they called me earlier and said, hey, he's up. He's going to be good, no problem. And they came back at 11 to check on him, like, at the end of the fight, and uh, he told me that he passed away. And that was like the worst. My son was with his his grandmother, and I'm like, I have to tell my son tomorrow this. Like, how do you explain it to a kid, you know, that loves that dog? Like, like he's been there since he was. They were literally like he was born, and that puppy was there. So like, yeah. it was tough. And they just like sent me something, and that's the thing about community you're talking about. Like, that's what blew my mind. Like maybe I'm doing something right. And we, and I used to gag on those guys. Like they're like elite collectors. They put everything in plastic, like this stuff, like <laughs> they put plastic on their stuff. And I'm all about like having fun with it. I don't care how dirty it is. I'll just play the game. And they're like, Oh my God, I can't believe you just won't like alphabetize your stuff or like put plastic on it and things like that. And I'm like, no, I'm like, I'm supposed to enjoy the games. So I'm like, they, we made this joke, uh, I call it as a hashtag NPOG, uh, no plastic on games, and I'll put, they'll show their new stuff and they'll put them in plastic, and I'm like, no, hashtag NPOG, enjoy your games, you know, and things like that, but they didn't even know me, and they sent me something for my dog, and that's just like the coolest thing ever, and they loved my videos, and they invited me into their stuff, and that's same thing with you and that's why i wanted to let you know how appreciative of this opportunity i got to do this oh man for sure man you made me do videos and i never said that to you i was like you know you're like yeah you should do youtube i'm like nah 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 nah, nah. <laughs> i like the way you did your videos where they're kind of like you know they're just personal things that you do and so that's why i did the same thing back with my videos that's so dope man that's so dope i appreciate that so much you don't even know man like that's the greatest compliment, man. That that's amazing. For sure. Well, on that note, man, we we should probably end this. We've been going for a minute. I don't even know how long it's been, man. But <laughs> any last things that you would want to say to anyone who uh, does stick around and catch this uh, episode of What's Up Omaha? They should definitely uh, support you for sure. You know, so support like what you're doing. It's an amazing thing that you're doing, especially for the local businesses out there that are struggling that are going on right now. Uh, I want everyone to be safe. I know that uh, there's a lot of like confusion going on with everything going on. And like me for being a diabetic, you know, I'm wearing a mask and I'm doing hand sanitizer and people might think that's silly, but my goal is to make sure that I'm taking care of my community as well, doing the right things and also protecting myself as well. And uh, just remember that we're all community. I know that like social media and I'm not going to go into the whole like soapbox thing. You know, there's a lot of negativity and things out there. There's a lot of people doing a lot of good positive things out there and we should definitely support them and, and support their families as much as we can. And uh, I'm just appreciative of the time that you just let me express myself and express my love for what I have. A lot of people might not know about that. And uh, if they ever have questions on things or if you feel nostalgic, they can, they can contact me or message me as well. And I, I'll help out with anything that uh, they, they need for those type of things. Right on, man. That's dope. I thank you for uh, wanting to be on and, and, and agreeing to be on, man. Uh, uh, talking is just a thing that I do, so I, I enjoy that as well. So it's easy uh, for me to sit down and, and, and like, you know, like you were saying with people at the dojo, the high fives, that's just kind of like the stuff that comes natural to me. So it, 
it, it's cool that it, I've been able to kind of uh, cultivate it a little bit and, and, and grow from how I used to be. Like I, I had to be told that I was good uh, with other people before I, I didn't know it myself. People told me that I was good with other people. So, um, you know, I've definitely grown as a person through the last five, six, seven, eight years or however, however long it's been, but I enjoy it, man. I, I love it. And I hope to keep doing it. And I hope that people, even if it's only one person, like, you know, like yourself, like that's enough for me, man. So, you know, it, it's my favorite thing ever is, uh, and I'll say this is watching you and Bibbs, uh, destroy the kids class with the, with the dodgeball thing. And like, I, I used to sell my car and I would like look inside the blinds that they were kind of open and I would see you guys getting ready. And I would like hurry myself. <laughs> to, you do a lot of good things, man. Your positivity is, is definitely, uh, you know, contagious, you know, especially in there, you know what I mean? Even if like, you know, like you see me, like when I go in there and I'm like watching things, I'm like, I'm soaking in the stuff that's around me. Some people might be having bad days and some people like that or get frustrated and those things like that. And that's why I always like to joke around. Like that's why I always mess with Jason all the time and yeah. ribbon him all the time because I like that kind of back and forth. I'm a big goofy guy at heart. I'm, I'm a big bear, you know, like people like think on the outside, like I got this angry face all the time when I'm sitting there and stuff. I'm really not. I'm a big goofball. I like pop culture stuff. I love making people laugh. That's like the big thing with me. I, I, I live in that culture of eighties and nineties and I just, love that timeline that's why i have this weird basement that i have you see all these toys and stuff around me i just enjoy that feeling as a kid because when i was a kid to be honest with you i never i never got to enjoy being a kid and a lot of people don't understand that i was very poor and came from very very tough tough upbringing you know that a lot of people don't know so i'm catching up what i missed yeah yeah making up for lost time yeah so I enjoyed that time because you guys make me feel like a kid when I'm in there, you know, that get to have that fun. So I definitely appreciate it. Dude, I wouldn't trade that time in for anything, man. It's pretty great. Uh, but I, I did learn one thing from being away is that maybe like I was already on the path of like taking off a couple of days because I was going like seven days a week and it was just getting to be a lot. Uh I have to appreciate downtime also. That's what I've learned. Like, even when I go back, I'm probably not going to go six days a week. I'm probably going to go four. Everyone does it, though. I, when I was starting, I would do six days a week. And then Justin told me, hey, we should, you should come to sparring class. Because I was just hungry for knowledge. I was so hungry for, but the thing was, was that when I was off the mats, I was like, if I miss a day, then I'm going to miss some kind of knowledge. But you see me like on the sidelines and injured, like I show up. I yep. show up because I want to learn that knowledge. Even though I can't give my body to that art, I still want to be supportive of the community. Even when I was injured and, and you know, we had those seminars in there, I still, and people didn't know this, I paid for those seminars just to support those guys. That I couldn't, I was on crutches. Uh, and I had a lot of crazy stuff go on, you know, these last two years have been pretty crazy. I had a transition from the military and I had to learn how to be a civilian again. And I had a lot of stress going on because I was, I was so used to that grind of being in the military. You know, I, when I got the freedom to be myself, I didn't know what to do with my time. I was freaking out. 
And I had a lot of injuries, you know, that happened, you know, during the mats. You know, I, I try to be like a 20-year-old and try not to live like that. So I understand what you're going through. I learned that to make sure that I enjoyed it, I, I, I just break off time to, to support them. So if I can't be on there six times a week, if I can be there on a couple of days a week, I'm gonna, that's why I did the double classes. So I would like support not only the fundamentals, but also I was helping JP with, you know, helping with the classes and helping people. I would also help with, you know, then I got to do, then I got to go where I joke with the jujitsu wall stars during the evening and got, got the business taken out of me, you know, yeah. just to support them. So I totally understand what you're going through because uh, I'll tell you one last little funny story about it. Justin invited me to sparring, which he knew I didn't had no skills with sparring at all. And I tell this story all the time. I, I went to spar with him and uh, I failed miserably. And uh, one thing I learned uh, about sparring is that if you get a shot on there and you get a hit on him, you're going to get what I call a receipt. You're yeah. definitely going to get a receipt. <laughs> yeah. so, of course, I was unprofessional and I was trying to swing around like crazy because I didn't know what I was doing. And uh, Nate was in there at the time before he went to ESS. And Justin hit me hard. And I literally looked at him like, are you going to stop him? And, and <laughs> like nothing happened. And I went, to, I went to literally block with my, my left hand and I left my whole self open here. And oh. Justin got and he kicked me so hard to the chest that he knocked, he knocked the air out of me. I thought I kicked the soul out of my chest. And when he hit me, I literally went down and was like, I, I, he took the soul out of me. I can't breathe. And I thought it killed me. And I watched him and Jazzy J kick the crap out of each other and not, and like, they were like iron. Like I like joke with Rocky four where he's like, he's iron. Like those yeah. two were iron. I would watch them. I would used to call Jazzy J and Indiana Jones, you know, that, that crack of the whip, his leg would do that. You would hear, you would hear them hit explosions and they wouldn't stop. And I would literally go in there and try to spar with them and they would kick the crap out of me. And yeah. I thought of an idea. I put pads on my legs, like the football pads like with the plastic yeah and when i got kicked in the leg uh jazzy J was like did you put pads on and i was like yeah and so then they were trying to find where the pads weren't there <laughs> so they can basically give me the business and oh, that's this tough love they give you and that's yeah, man. brought up and i loved it you know even that they beat the crap out of me i loved every minute of it because i got to be part of greatness with those guys. I watched those dudes go on the mats and destroy people at tournaments and be like, they are the gods. They are the gods. <laughs> yep. Yep. And you just sit there and you go, oh man, wow. Like, like it, it's not even like something that you could fathom doing in some cases. Like, you're like, no matter how much I train, I don't think I'm going to be there. Like it's a different I, level. I know I won't. I, I tell Justin all the time, like, uh, like I, and this is the inner me with him, and he's probably never heard it before. I think he's the king. I don't care. Any jujitsu I met, I don't care if it was Boogie or Geo or, or even Master Eddie. Justin is on another level that I just don't understand. Like, I, I can't come, come comply. And he has no filter to him, and he will tell you straight to your face who you are and what you are. And he's told me that many times with me. Like, you need to fix this. Hey, I'll ask him questions like, what should I do here? And he's like, not suck. And that's, <laughs> yeah. that's, 
that's the way he is, and 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 I respect it because the respect the respect there is that he's he's kind of like the pit boss. Like like I always joke, like you think of Roadhouse, you think of Patrick Swayze, and you never see Patrick Swayze ever like raise his voice in the movie or anything. He just goes in there and he just says this straightforwardness, and then just handles business. Yeah, and that's what he is. He's my Patrick Swayze to my Roadhouse. Get that. Yep. I walk in, I'm not messing with him at all. He is, he is the king, and whatever he says goes. He can tell me the, the the most wrong information in the world, and I will stand by him and believe every word he says. He's jujitsu Jesus to me. I'll say it to <laughs> He's jujitsu Jesus. Well, there's, I, the, there's Rushmore. There's Derek, and then there's Justin and Jazzy J. Those are – and Lon. Lon, too, and Ant. Those are my – that's my monument wall, and also Bibbs is on that, too. Yeah, so it's yeah. Bibbs, Derek. Justin, Jazzy J, and them, they were – there's no other people in that, that monument for me. <laughs> for sure. I get it, man. I get it. Like, yeah, Justin is – I don't know, man. He's so quiet that, like, he's like a sniper. I mean, that's fitting because he likes to shoot. But, like, he's literally like a sniper. Like, he's like a silent assassin. Like, he, he might say what's up or something like that, hello, when he comes in. But, like – he's super like calculated and like just I don't I've know. seen him and I'll say this, I've seen him like I roll in I'm like oh my arm hurts you know whatever I seen Justin like wrapped up like taped and pads and, and stuff on his shoulders like that and go in there and give a hundred percent so I respect him more than any person in the world I used to joke and I never said this to him but I used to call him a terminator like a Terminator is cold and calculated. They turn their heads and they don't care if they have injuries or whatever. They're coming to kill you. That's it. There's no insults around. Yeah, that's Justin. That's Justin. Justin <laughs> is the Terminator. He is. He's the absolute Terminator. And I respect everything he's ever done that match. And this is my chance to say that to him. He is the most respected person I've ever met on the match. And I appreciate everything he's ever given me and, and the tough love that he gave me. I never – uh, I never say anything to him and I'm always still scared of him. If you ever notice in the maps, I'll say this honestly, I never roll with him because I just respect him that much. I don't, uh, I don't want to, if he doesn't want to roll with me and he wants to like that. And if he says, Hey, you want to roll? That's his thing like that. Like he's even, you've seen him give me business in the messenger about coming in on the weekends on Saturdays. And I told him he wants to, he said his piece to me that I need to come back on Saturdays. As soon as we're back and rolling again, I'm in there on Saturdays. No yeah. questions asked. I've never questioned anything he's ever said to me, uh, even from the day I met him. Uh, the, he's the, my first person I ever rolled with. That's honest truth. And he he basically uh, calmed me down and showed me the path. He, he may not give me direction saying it, but the things that he rolled me, he basically made me better. And yep. I can never not thank him enough for everything he's done for me. Yep. Yep. I, I definitely get it. I definitely understand. I love Justin's classes, man. <laughs> I love being able to, I don't know, man, just when he, he like, like you said, he may not necessarily say something, but like, you can definitely know, tell that you're like learning when you roll or that, like, you know, you're getting better. You can see the growth sometimes too. Like, yeah. So, and, and, you know, he could smash you at any time that he wanted to, but he doesn't do that and allows you. So, I mean, he, he might dominate you, but he's not just, like, killing you, like, even though he could. <laughs> like, people, so. people don't understand his, his, his drive. He drives an hour and a half 
to come to class. He stays there the whole time and then does an hour and a half drive back. And he was doing that when I first was even on there. So in my mind, when I was going there, I'm like, I have no excuses. I have no excuses to anything that I have injuries or whatever, because he's injured and he's driving away from his family and his time away from his family to come there to that mat and put that business on there. And then yeah. seeing him in tournaments and him just, just calculate it. Boom, boom, boom. And he, and I was like, I have no excuses. Nothing like that. I was, I, I was like, I have no excuses not being there. When I was on the mats, I'm like, Justin is sitting there going on the mats. I should be there too. And that's how it was. We were so, with all the, the all-stars, I was just like, he's going to learn something that I don't know from Justin. So I have to be there. And I would just watch him. Even if I wasn't rolling, I would watch him and just watch his movements. I'm like, I don't understand the level he's on. And there, when you're in there, there's no excuses with that. Justin does that drive. Then if I had to live an hour and a half away, I should be doing that drive too. That's yep. just the way I thought about it. If Justin's putting his body on the line, I want to be putting my body on the line. If I'm sore, he's sore. And I always ask him, you see me in there, I always ask him, how are you feeling? And he'd be like, got this going on, but I'm fine. Dude, he was in there the other week, uh, and he was like, yeah, I got to wear a <laughs> I gotta wear this heart monitor. <laughs> I'm like, what are you doing? <laughs> like, well, wait, like, like, I saw a comment in the group about him having the heart monitor, and he's like, yeah, you know, he, but he still was there training. Like, he took it off to train, and I, I would assume he put it back on after training, but he's a, That's he's a like, tough dude. You asked me about me being injured and then showing up, like sitting on the mats and taking notes and stuff. And Justin's never probably heard of this before, and I, and I wanna say that the only reason why I showed up is because of him. Because I want to be respectful for what he does for that gym. And the same thing for Derek and them. And, you know, they're, like Derek doesn't live, you know, he lives in Auburn now. And he drives up here to give his classes. So if I, if they're willing to do that commitment, I should be at least there. Even if I'm on crutches and I can't roll, I should still be there learning. And that's my mindset with it. Yeah. Bibbs injured. And he'll, he messes with his knee or whatever. And he's still on the mats. And a million times injured and still on the mats. So I have no excuses. They 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 live by no excuses and they're warrior. They're all warriors to me. And so I may not be a warrior, but I'm definitely going to be a pawn and a soldier. And I'm gonna I'm going to show my commitment to them. <laughs> That's what it is, man. That's what it is. Well, once again, man, thank you so much for being on. Uh, it was good to talk to you, man. It's good to catch up. I haven't seen you it's in like I, I love this. And you want to do this again? Anytime, man, my friend. All right, man. Cool. I'll, I'll hit you up. Uh, well, everyone, thank you for uh, tuning in again. Uh, please, you know, subscribe if you're listening or watching on YouTube and share it. That's all that we ask. If you happen to watch it, just share it. If you enjoyed uh, anything that you got to see or hear today, um, that's what it is, man. Uh, man. Him. <laughs> smile. Right now. Help someone else smile. <laughs> there you go like and subscribe smile help someone else smile laugh and help someone else laugh all day every day that's what it is yeah peace out eric hoffman y'all thank you sir thank you Left. all right thank you man oh no problem Wait, <laughs> I, I had fun for sure i'm sorry my